episode 29 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast, where myself and my co-host and the occasional guest talk about movies, games, and entertainment news that happened over the week or that we played. My name is Barry, along with my co-host. Uh, my name is Craig, and we are 27 days, 4 hours, and 39 minutes until the Xbox comes out. You just yes. like, do you actually have a counter for that? Or did you I do. Pop that right? Okay, yeah, I was going to say, if, if you just did all that math in your head, I was about to be like, yo, I'm, I am not prepared for next gen. Not nearly as much as I thought I was going just to Just add be. two days if you're more hyped for the PlayStation. That's all you got to do. That was about to be my intro. I was going to say, hi, my name is Craig, and I do not have the exact numbers in front of me of when the PlayStation 5 comes out, but I am pre-ordered and ready to go. There we go. <laughs> And uh, we do. We would like to mention that Craig here, the different Craig, uh, is our first returning guest of the podcast. Mm-hmm. So that is a title that only you have, my friend. Yep. I feel honored. I feel honored, guys. Wear really. it as a badge. Oh yeah, I'm gonna get a badge made. <laughs> You're gonna get a certificate in the mail that I printed off of micro, uh, you know, Microsoft Word. Okay. Ooh. Official. Who doesn't yeah, love I'm... a certificate in the mail? <laughs> Did you pay for Microsoft Office, or is it gonna be a bootleg copy? No, I paid for it. This, okay. is, this is the real this is the real Super official. Deal. All right. But other than that, we're gonna go ahead and get into the gaming news for this week. Which overall there isn't a lot going on. Uh this is kind of the lull of everything going on, I think, for the most part. So for gaming news, first thing I'm gonna open up, like literally, is the PS five got opened mm-hmm. up during that yes. was that was by far my best uh in like transition i i could not have written that myself any better i'm yes. gonna take a minute just to pause on that uh transition right there so good yeah buttery getting, smooth yeah yes. episode 29 and my transitions just continue to up, upgrade themselves every time <laughs> much like upgrading the console generations oh oh look at that even better so uh PlayStation went ahead and put out a video of them opening up the PS5, not the digital version, the disc, uh, the disc version, and it's huge. Like that console is big, at least from video standpoint. The uh, the director of engineering was there, and he's sitting in a chair, and the PS5 kind of just comes up to his shoulders, or even above that in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But it's a big console to fit a couple big components, which is a huge fan a huge heat sink. We also find out that it is being supportive of expandable NVMe SSDs, much like the ones that go in computers. So you're able to just looks like plop any of them into, into the console there and the panels, the white panels themselves easily slide out. They're very, um, which means just in general, you're going to have a lot of customization. Mm-hmm. with the two panels there it should be interesting to see what playstation does with their limited edition consoles when they when they eventually start those just because those panels like the, this is by far like just the easiest console to like open up something with a lot of the other consoles you don't want to be doing that with but this one just push up push up the kind of i'm not even sure what to call the just the white panels and they just pop right off yeah you're not even going to talk about the coolest part, which I thought I thought was the coolest part was the stand that has a built-in little uh, holder for the screw. How yes. cool is that? No, I was that like, was oh, they nifty. have a spot for the screw. Man, they thought of everything. That was pretty nifty. <laughs> and that I, I think even... I said the same thing as you said, Craig, but I think I said it in a higher pitched voice. Like, man, <laughs> they have some place for the screw. Like, you know. <laughs> 
they just think of everything. I, I don't know why I thought that was so cool, but I was like, that is like one of the coolest things ever. And it's so pointless. But the fact that they thought that through so you don't lose that screw is crazy. Yeah. And on top of that, uh, when that video came out, Microsoft then went ahead and put out their own little jab to <laughs> yeah. the to to how to lay the Xbox Series X down. You just lay it down instead of having to do the whole stand put it somewhere put the screw somewhere i i think that's a little jab i think xbox is still a little bit salty about the whole uh playstation jab when uh the xbox one originally released and it wasn't going to play used games or you couldn't share games right and playstation Mm -hmm. came out with that one video when it was just them handing a game to one of their friends and it's that easy i think xbox is probably still a little bit salty about (laughs) how how well that went yeah Probably. I thought it was pretty funny. I think they deleted that very soon after as well. I didn't know that they deleted it. Yeah, they deleted it. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I would have left it up because I didn't think it was like something that was in poor taste. I thought it was funny. But um, yeah, they deleted it. So we need more of that, though. Like playful banter between the, the two is never a bad thing. No, and you guys, and they're clearly competitors. So right. that type of playful banter between the two is exactly what uh, us gamers need just to kind of keep it fresh and keep it lively because <laughs> who doesn't want to just, like, we're already between each other jabbing about the other console, you know, even in jest with our right. friends and such like that. So why can't we take it to, like, a commercial level or a YouTube video level more often? Yeah. You know? Yeah. On a side note on how big these consoles are, um, since I just this past weekend finally finished how I wanted my office here to be set up and I was getting the TV mounted on the wall and they're in here putting it up and they had, they're like, all right, this is how far down your TV is going to go. And I had to stop and think about it. And I was like, all right, hold on. I'm going to need you to raise it up about another foot because of how tall the Xbox is going to be underneath it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little crazy, but same thing with the PlayStation. These things are huge. They're they like, are. they're like desktop tower big. And it's got to look good. Like the whole thing has to look good. So I don't want to lay it down because I don't want, I don't want to put it the way it was not meant to be. Same thing with the PlayStation. Like I would want that standing (laughs) up. (laughs) They got to all be standing up and looking nice. It's funny. That was going to be my next question to you guys is, would you want it laying down or standing up? I'm, I'm glad you went into that with your, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's that's where I stand too. get it. That's where I stand. (laughs) I mean, I'm the the one with the jokes around here. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, my, my PS4 and my Xbox one are both laying down, but that's because that's how they're supposed to be. They're not Mm -hmm. supposed to stand up, but these are obviously meant to stand up and that's how they're designed and putting them on their side just looks bad in my opinion, both of them. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I'm going to be part of the bad uh, for sure because both of those consoles are laying on their side. How without, dare you? How dare you? Without, without a single doubt. I guess it, it has something to do with the fact that when the 360 and PS3 came out, like the whole the whole having a disc vertically was kind of scary to me. And maybe I was just young and a little bit unknown mm-hmm. at the time. But I was always afraid like I would like the disc was going to pop out from spinning and it would, you know, like damage the console if it was vertical. So I've always done it horizontally since then. Yeah. So it's, I, it's, it's probably was just me being a paranoid, uh, paranoid boy, especially with the 360. That was definitely a problem, though, with the 360. I remember that. Like if you had it standing up and you bumped it or you pulled a wire controller too hard, it would like scratch and eat your disc so quick. So I, you weren't alone with that. 
All right. So I think in a lot of ways, maybe I'm just, I'm just never past that yet. So we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens, but definitely for me, both of my consoles are going to be laying down, but that's because that, that's because I can afford the, the space to have them laid down despite how huge they all are. I think we might have to end this podcast. I don't know if we can be friends anymore. <laughs> yes. I can't, I can't believe you've done this. I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> um, all right. How about, I found this one pretty entertaining. Um, IGN's review of FIFA 21 for the Switch. Did you yes, read about the, this? The Legacy Edition. <laughs> yes, I, I, I love because they've done this two years in a row. So for those who don't know, FIFA 21 on the Switch, when you go to like this Nintendo store, there's a little box in the corner that says that they haven't updated, you know, any of the, I, I guess, what gameplay or extras that would be on the next gen versions. Um, and that is strictly basically FIFA 20 with updated rosters. And IGN's response to this was to copy and paste their review from last year's version on the Switch and yes. lower the score, which is hilarious. Yes. <laughs> that is I mean, I, I guess at least they're coming out and saying it, unlike some other games that I feel like do this anyway. I'm looking at you, Madden, um, <laughs> that just kind of update the rosters and go from there. So. I guess it's something to be said that they admit it, but still, if you're going to do that, you can't be charging $60 for the game. Charge like 40 or something. Yeah, this this particular issue is a little bit close to me just because of uh I I don't buy the game on I don't buy FIFA on Switch because of how the Legacy Edition and how they advertise it because this is and they even EA fully flats out admit that this is pretty much EA like FIFA 18 like they haven't yeah. changed anything from 19 or 20 and then 21 comes out and it's still all the same it's the same mechanics the same everything about it and it's it's kind of a it's it's kind of spitting in the face of people who want to play sports game on the go on Switch in a, in a lot of ways cuz this, the Switch is a perfectly fine console, and there are plenty of people who want to, you know, play FIFA on the go. And the fact that this game is no different from any other FIFA that's available on the Switch just is kind of a kind of just spitting in the face of those people who want that. It's EA needs to get its act together over a lot of things, but especially I wouldn't if I were EA, I wouldn't even be offering FIFA on Switch if you're going to kind of disrespect that um that base of people like that yeah do you think it's maybe that they just don't think the switch has the horsepower to handle anything else i i think if anything of uh, it's either that or the the crowd for people or like the fan base of fifa on switch just isn't big enough for them to to add those upgrades in there yeah i think mm. that sports games don't take a lot i really don't think they do, they don't take a lot of you know uh horsepower to run Espe especially games like fifa where you're all zoomed out from the pitch so you can see everything mm -hmm. so it, it's it's one of those two issues without without a doubt and you know as much as ea is an evil company uh for for the might for the way they do microtransactions it it just sucks for people who are just trying to play this game on switch yeah mm-hmm they're becoming more of a Dr. Evil at this point. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Just like every I'm, so often there's a sequel to the evilness that they did the last time. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just when you think they're starting to turn a corner, they'll always come back and be like, no, no, no. We still don't care about you. Yes. <laughs> Trust just us. So you, just so you know. 
Oh, you were happy that we only charge you $40 for Star Wars Squadrons? Well, guess what? We're still going to charge you 60 for FIFA and not change a thing. Hmm. <laughs> what else you got, Barry? Uh, so, let's see here. I was going to mention, go ahead and mention that Avengers is dying uh, pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, it did hit under 1,000 players on Steam the other uh, this past week, and there's a lot of people you know that are getting upset because it's ca- causing problems with matchmaking when you're trying to do the high level, you know, raids and everything like that in Avengers, you aren't able to match up with anybody. And even when I was playing the game at peak time, I couldn't even match make with anybody anyway. Yeah, me neither. Mm-hmm. So as, as much as I loved the story uh, and I really did like the story of Avengers, it, it kind of sucks. Cause it's, it's the same problem. I think a lot of these like online games have where they don't come out with enough stuff in the beginning to hold people. And then once, more content comes out the game gets better kind of yeah. like what i've been doing with destiny in a lot of ways this this game needs to start um bringing out missions that aren't you know just copy and paste versions of other missions in a new locale or something mm-hmm. like that it, it needs to do more to keep that fan base in and especially considering this has the avengers name on it square enix needs this to succeed considering that they if if they want to be able to do other games like this, then they they need to provide and uh, give give the game what it needs. Yeah, yeah. I I was in the same camp. Like I really really liked the single player of this game. I had a ton of fun with it. But as soon as I finished it, and then I think we talked about this before. I was like, all right, let me try this online portion, multiplayer portion, because I still want to play this game. And it was just so bad, and it was just the same two types of missions over and over. And that's if you could find people. Um, it's just such a bummer because like this game could be really, really cool. The fact that you could keep adding in uh, characters from the Marvel universe to keep it fresh. Um, you could have, you know, m- be making a lot of money off of this. But as of now, like by time they come out with, I mean, we're still waiting for Spider-Man on PS4. Um, it's going to be dead by the time he comes out. And I don't think people are going to come back when they make a big announcement that Spider-Man's in the game. I just don't see it. Yeah, they need to take a page out of like GTA five that is still <laughs> holding true. Like you, most people bought that game like six years ago or seven yep. or something like that. And it's still holding true with its online play. And truthfully, like that's I mean, I don't really hear of anybody starting the one person uh, mode or the one player mode of that anymore. You know, everybody, right. everybody is still finding ways to have fun online and I know there's a lot of ways to have fun in GTA five without doing a mission, you know, but right. they kind of set the precedent, you know, on making a game last. Cause I could see them sitting in, you know, in their round table and saying, why would we make another one for right now? And then they met the next year and said the same thing. And then they met the year <laughs> after that and said the same thing, you know, if the money's yep. coming in, yep. you gotta, you gotta ride the train, man. I bought that game on for my Xbox 360 played it online then i bought it for the xbox one i mean i don't i kind of fell off years ago i don't really play it anymore but i still have it installed um it's just crazy to me that it's this popular still and the fact that it's going to be coming out on the next gen consoles as well Mm -hmm. so it's been on three console generations i don't know if any other game has done that um and i would love to have a new one but like you said, like there's no reason for them to because they're still making a ton of cash off of it. 
Exactly. The, we'll get our new one eventually, though. Like, they're definitely yeah. making that. I just think that for the most part, the that's Rockstar Studios is probably just looking at, okay, we can make more money porting the game again. And I think the one really nice thing that's going to be about this GTA is the load times have to be just, like, stupid short. Oh, my yep. gosh. With the, not, yes. with the NES console. Because I, I do remember with GTA Five, you know, you had some pretty long loading screens. Yeah. Occasionally. And if these if these next gen ssds uh, deliver and how we think they're going to then people are going to be able to enjoy gta faster than ever yeah you know what scares me though with a next uh, you know another gta is the success of the multiplayer i hope it doesn't affect the single player experience because to me that is still first and foremost with a gta game i need a mm-hmm good story single player story before i do multiplayer and mm-hmm. i just hope that they don't put as much emphasis like if they just go you know this is where we make our money on multiplayer let's put all the focus on gta online and then they just kind of push out a mediocre single player game that would make me real upset yeah i'm with you on that that would be i, I stand with you on that notion and i stand on on with you on that notion with any call of duty game that they release. Cause I'm the guy that I think we talked about it in the last podcast. I like to play the actual one player mm-hmm. like story mode, and then I'll go to multiplayer, you know, like, and I love right. multiplayer as much as everybody else, but call of duty has produced some very co- good stories. So it's like the same thing, like, you know? Um, yeah. So I stand with you on that. <laughs> I yeah. I, I don't know. I Hopefully soon, hopefully we get some sort of GTA soon. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of red dead too. Um, it was okay, but I need some GTA in my life. Uh, let's see. I have probably the single greatest information, Barry, that will make you change your mind on what wins the next console. Are you ready? Great. I can't wait to hear this. All right, here we go. I know that you are buying both, but your yep. heart lies with PlayStation. Yep. But as of today, all your DLC and all your rock band instruments will work on Xbox Series X. Boom. Wow. Game over. It, it also works on PlayStation. Dang it. I was hoping <laughs> you wouldn't see that part. That, that's literally what the article said. Like, I read the article. I no, I'm just trying to sneak it past you. <laughs> I No, but seriously, that's a big deal. Because, um, I mean, I know I still play it on occasion. I know you were still playing it for a while there. Um, yeah. There's a lot of people that still play this regularly. So... To, you know, it's kind of a point of do I hold on to my Xbox because I have all this music that I bought and I don't want to lose it if I ever want to play it again. But now you don't really have to worry about it. It's all going to transfer over. So now I, I've noticed that everybody is now begging uh, harmonics to make uh, instruments again because we're all kind of on our last leg with instruments. Mine are starting to fall apart. <laughs> and when it does, you're out of luck. So yeah, I mean, I feel like I know they said they didn't want to get into that again because of just the amount of plastic that is out there in the world in instruments. But, man, we need some new ones here. Somebody needs to make them if you want to keep playing. I just I just wish they would go ahead and go, OK, we're going to make Rock Band 6. I or yeah. like, sorry, the Rock Band 5. I I really do think that there is a base of people just like how skateboarding games were kind yep. of in fad and now they came out and now they're back in fad. I, re- I really do think like rhythm games are still very popular. Mm-hmm. And I think I know there's a whole bunch of issues with licensing and everything like that. And that's what a lot of these studios hate having to deal with because it, uh, licensing is a big part of these games. It's 
what makes these games fun. I think that I, I think that I would just really wish they would go ahead and release a release a new rock band or a guitar hero because that just means we're gonna get more use yeah. out of these yeah. out of the plastic instruments that I have two boxes full of them dedicated <laughs> to just sitting yes. in sitting in there. Yep. And you know, I, I occasionally play rock band four still and you, you know, songs would load up faster than ever on next gen consoles. It 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 would mean a lot, I think, to like the mu- the rhythm game community if they would go ahead and go, okay, we're we're gonna make another one. And even and even if they do that, maybe maybe Rock Band comes back. Maybe Harmonix yes. decides and uh, Activision decide to to make the games again because there's still plenty of you know alternative, classic rock, metal, all, all types of music that they can still use. They've barely scratched the surface on yeah the music they can use. Yeah, please, Harmonix, give us another one and a DJ Hero while you're at it. DJ <laughs> Hero was fun. I that wasn't might be, good. That I might be asking good. a little bit, but I can hope. <laughs> I just don't think that I've ever right. met somebody that said that they hated Rock Band. I don't know if you guys have ever had that no. conversation with a family member or a friend and had to disown them as a family member or a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody's played it just like everybody played the Wii at some point. Mm-hmm. I think at some point you've been to somebody's house and played Rock Band whether you were just singing or actually playing an instrument, you've done it at some point. Everybody has. Mm-hmm. It's the ultimate and, party game. It is. And speaking of that, there is not a better time to have a group of four of your friends or four family members just bond over some play, playing some, you know, rock band or yeah. guitar hero because everybody is stuck in their homes. And a lot of, and a, at a lot of times we're all just looking at ourselves going, what are, what are we going to do? I know. <laughs> you know? And, and a positive so. impact that, rock band has had on my life there were songs that i necessarily didn't know i knew and i can't tell you mm-hmm. how many times i played especially in my early days playing it where i was like that's the song <laughs> and i went home and like downloaded it later and it's still on my playlist today so as far as introducing music that may you may have missed or half knew or something like that let's not forget about that impact as well because it definitely fills up people's uh music libraries after they're done playing a round or two if they yeah, don't already I have think- it I think the only thing that comes close in the gaming realm to introducing people to new music is probably the Tony Hawk games. Mm-hmm. But even then, like yes, sir. Rock Band has just Rock Band has just introduced so much to everybody. And it's the same for me. Like so many songs that I like now that I would have never even listened to mm-hmm. if if it wasn't for Rock Band and Guitar Hero and DJ Hero. <laughs> <laughs> what else so we got, Barry? On to the next couple of news. I'll just uh, tackle some minor stories yep. now. Uh, Apex Crossplay launches last week, and it was a mess. Yep. It seems like it's getting better for the most part, at least from from what I'm seeing. I still haven't. We still haven't even gotten the chance to play cross platform, just right. because you know the one time we did play was just on Xbox. So if if you're an Apex fan, continue to keep an eye on that. And it it does sound like it's getting better. I will admit, Pathfinder is still a little bit broken <laughs> with uh with like his his animations and whatnot but that's uh, that's a, that's something too specific to get into right now so i'm going to leave it alone <laughs> next part up is the meat is cd project red blaming the media for fitting them into their crunch narrative of mm. uh, mm-hmm. last week we put a uh, you know one of the stories that we talked about was Cy- uh, cyberpunk 20 
2077 going into gold and that they're crunching now to get it done. And the media was all crunch is bad, crunch is bad. And then the owner of CD Projekt Red and its own employees kind of stood up and said, you know, crunch isn't always bad. You know, this is how everything's going with our crunch and this is why it works for us trying to say that not all crunch is bad because there seems to be a kind of um, stigma against those against crunch in the gaming world in general because everybody goes you know oh i was unpaid for this or i'm sleeping in the office and that kind of thing and you know yeah in america it's pretty bad for what you for that kind of thing but cd project red seems to have everything under control yeah on 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 that end yep it's it's pressed it's ready to go and hopefully everybody who's been working on this game is getting more sleep now i hope because i feel really bad for them yeah especially with a game that everybody's really excited for yep i'd love to be playing it right now because i'm in that lull where i don't know what to play but i understand it'll make the game better so take your time Mm -hmm. and then craig you did have one new story so i'll let you go ahead and, and give you give you this one yeah, just some quick news. Um, obviously, the stars have aligned today, and um, we we sit amongst a Bermuda Triangle of like amazing things that are happening. So obviously, there was the Apple uh, keynote today, but there's also Prime Day start of so 13th and 14th, and not to mention there's also some amazing stuff going on with like Best Buy guaranteed deals. So basically, if you're looking for any type of um, way to upgrade your console, upgrade your computer, or build a computer from scratch, I suggest writing a small list because it can get overwhelming shopping on days like this. But I would recommend taking advantage of some of the deals that they have because I was taking a look and I see some graphic card deals, everything from that to processor, market for like a new mouse, just like a gaming mouse, maybe you wanted to kind of give like a new one a try or like never give a new one a try if your streak for the next, for the last 10 years is amazing. But in any case, <laughs> I implore you that to basically just look around and check out what Amazon, um, specifically because of their Amazon Prime Day uh, deals are going. And also Best Buy is guaranteeing Black Friday deals for the, for the next two days as well. Because, you know, when Amazon has Prime Day, you got to compete, obviously, and that's way too big for my, uh, you know, my understanding. So <laughs> in any case, <laughs> if you are looking for any type of upgrade, and like I said, even if you're looking to just build something like from scratch, this is like the time to just take a look because I'm seeing, I, I mean, I've seen everything from $70 to $150 off. I'm seeing monitors at great deals, um, especially if you're an Alienware um, monitor guru. And <laughs> I, I have one, so yeah, I, I know that. Yeah, yeah. so um, also ASUS, I'm seeing a good deal for them as well. And I would just take a look through. I mean, you have you have basically two days to do it. And what's nice is, and this is my best guess, is if you can't get it during Prime Day, you always have Cyber Monday and I guess actual Black Friday. But I would I would do Cyber Monday because I like sitting at home during those things. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, I guess one thing I guess one thing I just kind of thought about is I'll have to get the podcast up tomorrow just because Prime Day will be over by then. <laughs> so I'm going to I'll have to get the podcast out tomorrow. No big deal. I'll get it done. So uh, no pressure. Yeah, you listening to this live, I've now given you the podcast a day early and you're welcome ahead of time. Yes. So <laughs> 
There you go. So uh, other than that, it's actually, and I will admit one more piece of news now that I'm reading it. Uh, Amazon, you know, the one who's going on Prime Day right now and doing all the sales, is offering refunds on their original game, Crucible. Oh. So (laughs) if much earlier this year, Amazon Game Studios released a game named Crucible, which was kind of this PvP, PvE shooter kind of game. It was kind of like a, I feel like it was a mix of League of Legends and Overwatch with how they had specific characters with specific abilities and where there's uh computer enemies and human enemies as well so it that that game apparently what happened with it is it came out it got bad reviews so they took it back and then i didn't realize it released again back in may of this year because of covid and everything like that going on and apparently the game still didn't didn't perform to expectations so they're pulling the game and Amazon is apparently offering full refunds. So if, if you're an early adopter for crucible and you like that, I'm sorry, I feel bad for the studio because they probably put a lot of time mm. into it, but I feel like that's, uh, that, that's something that we should mention here for the news is especially if you played crucible for whatever oh, reason. Definitely. Yeah. Which was like 10 people. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, if I got invited to that beta, I probably nice. would have tried it. it yeah. True. <laughs> but other than that, that's going to be it for news this week, and we're going to go on to the games played, which for me, my, my big one is FIFA 20 because that came out this week. Or is it FIFA 21? <laughs> 21. It's 21. Sorry, it's, it's FIFA 21. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you copying and pasting your review? <laughs> no, I'm not. I swear. <laughs> But uh, I just have FIFA 20 written here, and then I was thinking, like, oh, the games are usually for the next year. So I was confused. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, what I'll go into it is with FIFA 20, FIFA 21, I'll say now. <laughs> FIFA 21, I'm going to get it right now. I can't believe it. Uh, so FIFA 21, I, the game itself I think is fun. Uh, for me, I play a lot of manager mode, and the there was a decent amount of overhauls to, like, doing a sim-type manager mode where you kind of manage your team you watch them play and make adjustments from there there's uh they they did the simming part in like the best way where you're not actually just going into the game and watching it it's kind of just it shows you a square and then the players uh that you have on all the sides there and then it kind of shows you the ball moving around and dots and your players like lights up when they have possession it kind of shows you the flow of the game without actually having to be in watching Mm. the game uh, so I think manager mode for FIFA is really fun. Foot is still, uh, or FIFA Ultimate Team is what I'll call it, is still not very kind to newcomers because that's the game where you collect cards of your players and you start them in a game. I have to admit, I got into FIFA Ultimate Team and they gave me a good player, like an 87 overall, and I was like, oh, this game, maybe the odds are better in this game than other ones, and then I put in 20 bucks and got nothing. <laughs> so... I, I fell into the trap of what FIFA offers, and I didn't get to play that much of FIFA 20, and when FIFA 21 came out, I kind of just gave that all my attention, and I, I really do like FIFA 21, and it's and unfortunately, it's going to be the same type of res- recommendation from me, is if you skipped on FIFA 20, you should get FIFA 21 if you're a soccer fan, and... 
FIFA does a really good job of updating the squads and overalls and everything like that better than I think Madden or any of the other games do. And FIFA's manager and career mode is still a lot of fun. Their Volta game mode, which is kind of a 3v3, 4v4, 5v5 situations where it tries to be more like FIFA Street. I think in a way it's, it's very arcadey, but it still doesn't reach like the fun levels of FIFA street and how that used to get once they, if they put like game breakers and if ever you guys remember game breakers and all the street franchise series, if, Mm -hmm. if they put that back in, then I think Volta would be a lot more fun. Just add game breakers into the game. That's all. That's all they have to do. (laughs) But FIFA 21, it's, it's going to be the same recommendation pass. If you didn't buy it last year and buy it, if you, if you're a soccer fan, uh, I bought it and I'm enjoying it so far. That's good to know. Nice. I still haven't tried it yet. I usually try it every year, but I don't usually stick with it. And I refuse to put any money into the ultimate team because all my money goes to 2K for NBA. Yes. So you can't you can't have more than one sports game that you're putting money into. It's not possible. I, I absolutely agree with you. <laughs> You'd be broke. If, if you, you would 100 percent be broke. How much money have you put in so far, Barry? I only put in 20 into this game. I only okay. put in so it's not that bad. But one thing I did want to mention, because you mentioned 2K, I kind of had this epiphany the other day while playing FIFA. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about NBA 2K's like next-gen trailer that they already should, and I think the game looks amazing, and it yeah. makes me want to get the new NBA game. But then I also become worried about what Madden FIFA are doing, because we still don't see a, a trailer from them for next-gen. Mm-hmm. And if it's just... if I'm going to be really disappointed if the only like features that get improved upon are going to be the load times oh, yeah. <laughs> fifa doesn't have that big of a problem with load times to begin with like it's very short so if they're if that's literally like i'm getting worried because i'm afraid that these games that are going to be next gen upgrades are going to be very minimal and yeah. that's that's what i worry about because it looks like nba 2k is going the distance and trying to make it a you know, a much better graphically and a much better game overall. And if EA doesn't do that, then I think that says a lot about how EA, you know, took these Mm -hmm. games and, you know, just kind of ignored the next gen versions until they just kind of all together. Okay. We don't have to do the free upgrade this year. Let's go ahead and start working on the next gen consoles where they're built from the ground up. I would really hate that. (laughs) Yeah. I think historically, though, when you have a new console coming out, usually that first year, um, normally you see the previous gen getting like bare bones support, mm-hmm. and then they put all the work into the next gen, which looks like what NBA 2K did this year, because playing it now on current gen, like it's the exact same as last year. They really didn't change anything. So I do hope that they were just putting all the effort into the next gen. But like you said, I think EA is just gonna aim for next year for their next gen stuff and just kind of be like well it looks a little bit better you know looks a little cleaner but yeah look at those load times man so cool and i'm gonna be really disappointed like like i will i would be willing to like email ea to the point where like this you know you advertise these free next gen upgrades but what did you upgrade Mm -hmm. about them and if it's only load times that's gonna i think it's gonna piss off a lot of people and the answer is going to be, well, it was free. What did yeah. you expect? They're hiding behind the load <laughs> times. That's what they're going to do. Right. Definitely. Right. They're hoping my email never loads into their inbox at this point. Barry, I would like to see what a strongly worded email 
from you specifically. <laughs> I just feel like it's going to be like a combination of polite but very stern, you know, which is what a strongly worded email is. But I could just, I'm just trying to like picture the jargon that you have in that email itself. <laughs> Barry wants to speak to EA's manager. <laughs> yep. And I want to, and I want a gift card. I want yep. a gift card for, my for, for, for how bad my service yes. was. I want the next but, five years of games for yeah. free. Man, if, if I could do that and make EA do it for everyone, I'd be heralded as a hero. They'd put statues of me in New York city. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Craig, do you want to go over what you played yeah, this I'll week? Yeah, I'll get into it. So I've, I've been All having right. a uh, switch a funnel switch time i'll just say um i think what happened is after i pre-ordered the ps5 i really wanted to kind of get all of the switch out of my system so that i can give a fair amount you guys know how i feel about my switch um as mm-hmm. you you probably do as well um so what i did was pick up like most people a copy of 3d mario all-stars and I first love how they were mentioning before the game came out that there was only going to be a limited amount of copies available. And that didn't scare me, but I still pre-ordered it just in case. Like, you know, just in case it scared too many people (laughs) so that they bought all of them. You know what I mean? But um, the specific focus for me, and this is a nice two-parter, is uh, because I played Mario 64 as a kid like like a lot of people did. But... I w- did not have the benefit of having the GameCube or Wii, so I did not play Mario Sunshine or Mario Galaxy. So this was like, oh my God, yes, finally. <laughs> and I was so excited. So I was actually so excited that I started playing uh, Mario 64 for like three hours. And then I was like, what am I doing? I could play this later, you know? <laughs> so Mario Sunshine, the ambiance of the entire game is something that kept me going through the trials and tribulations of playing that game. So, so what's nice about it is it's your classic story. Um, Mario and friends are traveling somewhere. There's a, uh, they're on a plane in this particular instance and everything goes awry. The plane crashes on a remote Island that has a amazing resort. And in the beginning, the people are kind of blaming Mario for the afflictions that are happening to their island, which is basically like a lot of goop everywhere. But surprise, in the beginning of the game, Mario gets a essentially a water gun with a bunch of different abilities. And he's able to use that over the course of the game to clean up the island and also find out what happened to Peach, because guess what? Something happened to Peach. She's not, we cannot find her. She was in the coach section. And for some reason, I don't know what happened when the plane landed anyway. Or So what I like about the game is it follows a similar format as the Mario 64 um, layout, which is a bunch of levels that you can traverse and get to on one main hub level. And then there's a section or a specific amount of stars in each level that you can obtain by doing increasingly tougher tasks. They bring back the coin system, trying to find a bunch of coins in a specific uh, in, a, in a level. Um, so there was a lot of like nod to what people enjoyed in terms of Mario sixty four. You had your you had your standard beat the boss on this level. We'll get to the boss first, and then beat the boss. And they kind of kept to the uh, threes company rule. I don't know why I'm calling it that. It's just basically if you hit them three times, they die. That's not a, that's not a, a terminology that people use. I just said that randomly. <laughs> 
<laughs> but what what I like about Sunshine is you just can't get over the main hub level. Uh, it's it's got a very addicting tune to it, and as you explore more of it, you realize mm-hmm. as the game progresses that there are certain stars that you have been hearing, or they're I think they're called uh, what are they called? Sun sprites or shines? Shines, shines I think, right? Yeah. So they're you know you're collecting shines, which are essentially stars, and you could kind of hear them throughout the main hub level. And what's nice is as you get more abilities and such, you're able to uh, acquire those. What made me pull my hair out is some of the um, difficulty spikes in certain parts of the game. Um, But it was like a good, if there's a a way to think of pulling your hair out as a good thing, that's what it was. Um, (laughs) It was difficult at certain times. There were specific levels that you had where you had to utilize... um, well, in every level you had to utilize water, but there were specific scenarios where I feel like you were not taught a specific mechanic of the game, and then they just threw you in that level, and they were like, learn the mechanic. There's a really nice penguin that's going to show you the mechanic real quick. Okay, now get the, get the you know, sprite. Um, so that was my... I mean, I highly suggest playing it because as the game progresses, I mean, in the hub level, the only th- complaint that I have is that eventually when you get to some of the ladder worlds, you have to keep going back to them. And some of them have nice little tricks on how to get to them. So you don't want to do it again. Mm-hmm. Like you, you just don't want to do it. If you have to go back to the level for some reason, or if you turn your game off and you start and load it again, and you're at that particular part of the level, you don't want to have to do a double jump here and then a back jump here and then just wait until the moon is just right and do a jump here. Like, you know, just to get back to continuing your star quest. But I'll have to say it was a fun play. It was an extremely fun play. Um, and I recommend anybody who doesn't have that, uh, the 3D All-Stars to pick it up because it's just going to be a fun delight. Now, moving into the next game really quickly, which is Mario Galaxy, it's like Jekyll and Hyde for me, but these are my personal preferences. I loved Mario Galaxy. Love it. I just beat mm-hmm. it yesterday. And it had a contrast for me because the game was not nearly as difficult in specific spots as I thought it would be. Now, normally that's a cop-out because it constitutes to an easier game, increasing the fun level, but no. No, no, no. Mario Galaxy, (laughs) the way that the whole specific game is situated, the hub level, traveling amongst the planets, and basically doing what our necessarily copy and paste to some degree task and newer tasks from other previous Mario games like beat the boss jump on them three times felt a lot cooler in Mario Galaxy and it has the same trope you know you have to save Peach Um, I like the introduction to the world that you have and it's they quickly get you into it and as you progress through the game you're just really excited to figure out what galaxy you can go to next. And I had that somewhat with Sunshine. But with Galaxy, I mean, just you're you're <laughs> just one of the small things. Like when you have to traverse in a galaxy to specific planets to accomplish the missions that you have, there are stars that only when you land in just right and you press a button can send you but the send is the best part you loop around another planet and you're like oh maybe i have to go there later and then you land on this other planet and there is so much inverted nature with the planets so you're upside down you're trying to fight with gravity 
but you're also trying to fight with the standard things that the level is throwing at you. It's just insanely different. Um, I implore anybody with either game to, if you're a little bit skeptical, just watch a trailer. A trailer will do enough for you. Unfortunately, with the 3D All-Stars, they did not improve the graphics. I was really upset about that. But not enough to not fully enjoy the game. If you have any type of like motion sickness or thin, instead of like a thick stomach, a thin stomach, you might want to look at Galaxy before you do it. Because I I do have friends that had to stop playing it because there's a lot going on with you moving around. However, as a whole, the entire collection is something that everybody should have in their library and they should have it now because you're going to want to play those games again. And truthfully, playing Sunshine and Galaxy made me want to play Odyssey again. Like, it just made me want to keep going. I'm in a Mario mood, and I'm, like, looking through my uh, through my collection for more Mario games because of those two. So, so <laughs> big thumbs up. Yeah. And I know, Craig, you played them as well. I think you and I share the <laughs> same um, disposition about Sunshine in particular. <laughs> yeah. That was where it kind of fell off the rails for me because, like, I blasted through Mario 64 and got all 120 stars. And I was like, all right, let's do Sunshine. Then I did about three or four hours into Sunshine and just mm-hmm. kind of hit a wall. Um, I do think it's a fun game. It looks really good, especially when you're coming from Mario 64. But I just think some of the levels are not as fun. Some of the challenges are can be mm-hmm. downright brutal sometimes to try to get. Um, it really took took the wind out of my sails on that one but like going after that going to um the next one there galaxy and being like all right this is back to good mario again and i know a lot of people like sunshine but Mm -hmm. it was just not for me if they would have included both galaxies and kept out sunshine i would have been perfectly fine with that i'd have to say after playing both now i would also agree um i'm glad i played sunshine like i think everybody who hasn't should play it um you just should at least yeah. give it a shot you don't have to try to beat it because i'll tell you what right like just one small uh note it got to a point in the game where i just wanted to win so i didn't worry about my star accumulation mm-hmm. i tried to get enough to beat the game and once i got the end credits i was like well i'm not going back for a bit like you know i'm just not i'm just not going back <laughs> for a bit. um so just fair warning there. yeah yep yeah for, it's definitely out of the three it's the weakest i think but it, not in a bad way it's still it's still an entertaining game um let's see i only played really two games this week uh i finished up mafia last week the definitive edition oh. the remake there um and that was great i talked about that last week so this week i went ahead and got the second mafia which i have on 360 and i put it in my xbox and found out that it is not backwards compatible Probably because they want you to buy this version instead. However, um, booting up this other one, installing it and playing it the past couple days, they really didn't change anything. It looks the same. Um, They added all the DLC, which I had on the older version anyway. But it's still a fun game. Out of the whole Mafia trilogy, the second one has always Mm -hmm. been my favorite. So it's been kind of fun to be playing through that again. And I've just been kind of in a mood for single player experiences right now. I'm kind of like I still play Call of Duty. I still play Apex, but it's getting a little Mm -hmm. stale for me. So I've been on the hunt for single player games. So this one's a good one. If you haven't played Mafia 2, the story's great. 
Um, the controls are a lot better than the first one. And unlike the first one where you just go mission to mission, Mafia 2 is where they finally went open world like a GTA. So I would definitely recommend that. I think on its own, it's $30, which might be a bit steep, but you can still get all three for, I think, 60 bucks. And then uh, the other one that I played is I went back and started playing Darksiders okay. 3. Uh, so it's it's been a bit. Darksiders 1 was one of my favorite games last gen. I absolutely love that game. Um, Darksiders 2 was pretty good. I wasn't as big on that one as I was the first one, but it was still enjoyable. And then it's Dark Death, not hardcore <laughs> enough for you. <laughs> it is. It was not. Uh, it wasn't as fun to me. So Dark Siders Three is weird because when it first came out, uh, I was playing it and I was playing on. I didn't have an Xbox One X at the time. I had like the original Xbox One from way back in the day, and I stopped playing it after about an hour because it ran so poorly. And like the load times are outrageous. It looked terrible. Um, it was like frame rate was real bad. So I just stopped playing it and I saw it was on Game Pass. And like I said, I've been looking for mm -hmm. that single player experience. So I downloaded it again and playing it on the one X like it looks really good and it's running so much better and I'm having a ton of fun. Like it reminds me a lot of the first one. Um, I don't think the character it's characters wrath, I believe. Um, I don't think she's as entertaining as the other two, but I'm still having a good time and I can finally get through and play through this whole game and not have to deal with frame rate issues and it looking like a previous gen game. So I think I'm probably going to end up playing through this whole thing because what else am I going to play right now? There isn't a whole yeah. lot going on. But I, if, if, if you haven't played any of the Darksiders games, I would highly recommend it. They're They're very, very good games. I think they're underrated, underappreciated a little bit. Um, so I would love for more people to, you know, at least give it a shot if you're into like that action adventure type of game. Like I've said a million times, I really like games where they kind of condense the world and you're just going and you're not trying to go around a huge open map to figure something out. It's just point A to point B. I appreciate that every once in a while so I can just go through mm -hmm. and not have to think too hard. So that's what I'm doing and I'm going to stick with those probably for this next week as well. I don't think there's really anything coming out besides NHL this week. So I'll have an update probably on Darksiders 3 next week as well. And NHL will be on me. <laughs> I do want to try NHL, but it's not as high on the list for me. Yeah. All right. So that's going to be the games we played for this week. Now it's on to movies and TV shows, which mm -hmm. for me this week. Ooh, what'd you uh, watch? I am so excited to talk about The Boys Season Ooh, 2. Oh, boy. Go ahead with it. Are are you guys watching that as well? Like, is that something you guys are watching? I still or? haven't finished the first season, so keep it spoiler free. I I am going to. Okay. Uh, here, let me just oh. do something real quick. Uh oh, he's got to make sure there's no spoilers in it. <laughs> no, I I needed to pull up I needed to pull up the cast list. So I okay. pulled up the cast list, and we're all good to go. Now, what I'll say about season two is, first off, I don't think it. Uh, I think it it's better than season one, but then also it lacks in some things in season that it's not as good at as season one was. One this this season does can can be taking a slower approach to how it brings up its characters. There's a lot more story building episodes than I would have thought out of, especially how the season one of the boys went. But I cannot recommend this series enough, uh, especially the season finale aired Friday and 
I after watching it, I was like, wow, like I was I was into it. It was all it was it brought me back to Game of Thrones when, you know, it was the talk of the town. Everybody, you know, was was, you know, was sitting there and waiting mm-hmm. to see the new episode. And then you talk about it amongst your friends. I need more friends to talk about the boys with because this, yeah. this TV show is so good. Um, <laughs> I should mind you, this TV show is not for kids. Right. Uh there there is uh there is a bunch of sex there's a bunch of gruesome murdering um this isn't a spoiler but there's a guy you know no no i'm not going there no i just decided (laughs) i'm not gonna do it you guys will get there uh when you do but the the season finale of season two like throughout season two they introduce new heroes so you get to learn them and then they have their secrets just like how every other um superhero in this show has and everything kind of explodes in on itself once they all start figuring it out and once you realize like why one of the superheroes is kind of the villain of everything you kind of go oh like i didn't like i should have seen Mm -hmm. that but i didn't so it is just it it is such a good story uh you know like I, i i can't explain enough how uh how good carl urban is billy butcher like his character is so much fun it is such a he he is so good at playing this you know you want to feel bad for him but you also know that he is like the dirt bag of (laughs) of this world like he is almost as bad as the superheroes are and if you don't know what the boys is all about it's a superhero society where superheroes kind of give in to money and fame where they're making movies about themselves and in a lot of ways all the superheroes are a-holes <laughs> and they're all they're all jerks in a lot of ways it's kind of like i want i want everybody to close their eyes and imagine the avengers but they just start talking trash about how all the humans are when oh, they're okay. not being recorded so yep. they're the superheroes are very are very trashy in a lot of ways they are they're very evil in in a lot of them but it's supposed to be the satire take on like the superhero genre and billy butcher you know anthony Starr is homelander who is kind of the who's i guess if i were to express him he's pretty much superman okay in this there is so many like depths to to the boys that I don't. I don't want to spoil any of it, and you guys should just really watch it. Uh, it's. It is such a good show, and while season two is slower, it also does things about you learn more about Billy Butcher and Homelander and and everything like that. Like the season is just that good. I. Uh, I really want people to watch it and finish it because this. This does. I think it deserves in a lot of ways. Um, the kind of hype that Game of Thrones got does it, does when it there, came out. Does it give you a vibe? Yeah. Like, are there any characters in the in the show that remind you of like the comedian character from Watchmen? Because it just sounds like you're talking in a way about like certain characters having like a Watchmen quality. You know, like that love to hate um, kind of quality where he kind of laughs at everything, even the chaos kind of thing. And I mean, that's one of the, my favorite heroes from Watchmen for that reason, while they're dealing with their own stuff in that in that particular uh, graphic novel and movie. Yeah, B- Billy Butcher in a, in a lot of ways is like that. You, he, you know, you want to cheer for him, but you know, he just does some of the most horrible things 
to to people in this series so you you know he's so you know you know in a way he, he's a villain in his own right but you know it's for it's all to take down Vought, which is the company that um the company that runs the superhero okay. society in this one and you know there are genuinely good people in this in, right. in there like there are people who have been wronged or want to get back to their families or and you know there there are genuinely people yeah that you want to that you want them to do well in but it's just that the a lot of times a character like Billy Butcher is almost like made for villain and doesn't get mm. a lot of the screen time where you know this you know the the first two seasons revolve around him and what he's doing so it's okay. i think it's really cool and uh i i, I recommend this show highly i i just love this show it's awesome yeah i would say too um even if i think personally if you watch like the first episode and you see the things that you know they're the uh the newer superhero who's joining the group the things that she has to do and i'll put in quotations like mm -hmm. initiation like yeah. it's it's intense and like you'll know right away if the <laughs> show is for you or not i'll just say that because like it's you know they come for you quick with putting stuff in your face um but it, it is i think i watched like four or five episodes of the first season and i thought it was great i, I don't even remember why i stopped but i do need to catch up uh let's see so i only watched one thing this week so I, I feel like barry here i just didn't want to watch anything this week but um <laughs> i like the shade the yeah shade. I, I love the shade there usually it's it's i have to i usually watch a bunch but this week i just there wasn't a whole lot going on so i found uh i'm a big fan of reality type shows like contest type shows where people are winning things and i stumbled upon uh rhythm and flow I don't know if either of you have watched this show on Netflix at all. Um, I, yeah. I heard, I yeah. Heard Basically, if you, if, yep, if you were to take the voice, right. But instead we're going with, you know, hip hop artists and that kind of thing. Um, I've been having a ton of fun with this. I think I have like an episode or two left and, you know, I think it's great. Um, I'm not huge into like musical type shows, reality shows like that, but it's very cool to like, see all the backstories of all these people um yes. i love chance the rapper cardi b for me is uh i don't know how i feel about her but like she in like she's hilarious in this show and oh, i was watching the other night and i was like i don't know if she's just extremely smart or extremely <laughs> dumb i can't figure it out it's it's either one side or the other there's no middle ground with her um and then you have uh, ti as well who you know i've always loved him as well but it's just cool seeing the stuff that you know talented people can do and like i've been having a ton of fun with it been adding a bunch of the songs to my mm -hmm. spotify playlist and just having a good time it's a nice little mix up from what i've normally been watching so if you're into you know like hip-hop music rap all that kind of stuff i would definitely say check it out um and you get to see more of like a human side of the judges right so chance and ti and cardi b um you know you see them actually care about these guys so i've been having a ton of fun um with that and then i'll have that finished up probably in the next day or two yeah How just you, one Craig? small note i like the guest judges they brought on um in that particular show because i yeah. didn't finish it but i got to i believe i got to lupe fiasco um that episode which mm -hmm. might have been like the third or fourth one but you know like the first episode they blow you out of the water i'm pretty sure it was like snoop dogg um and like i think like anderson Pac and some and some and somebody else i think nipsey 
hustle, maybe. Yeah, God yeah, he was in soul. there too. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. and you just like you're immediately blown away by the main judges and the guest judges, and it's a nice system. It's a nice way for people to, like you said, have a change of pace, especially with a musical competition, because there's not always one of these right. going on. Um. So, yeah, definitely. I don't mm-hmm. know why I stopped. I'm going to take a line from you that you said previously about the boys, Craig. But uh, I don't know why I stopped, but yep. I need to finish that as well. Um, so, for me, I have two recommendations. And this is because uh, we're in the middle of October, almost the middle. And uh, my yep. fiance and I, we have this tradition where we watch a scary movie a night from October 1st to Halloween. And it's it's a lot of horror it's movies. A lot of horror movies. Um, we are both really into <laughs> horror, so uh, it it doesn't, you know, it, it definitely over the course of it, you don't even realize the days are passing because you're watching so many of the, your favorites. Um, but I had like two movies that I recommended for people who don't necessarily know, uh, like some of these smaller budgeted horror movies. And the first one is definitely Hell House LLC. So. Hell House LLC is a free is free on Amazon Prime if I'm if they haven't changed anything in the last two or three days since I've watched it with uh, with my fiance, um, but it's about a group and the group travels around and scouts locations and they try to find a place to set up a haunted house and basically make money off of the location and it's a found footage movie which I don't know how you guys feel I'm a big fan of found footage because I believe you can get a specific scare with found footage that you cannot get because of the fact that there is a camera or some type of footage in a person's hand, body cam, GoPro, whatever. So you get like a more of a fright mm-hmm. with like some of the, uh, the nice in your face action. But the funny thing about this movie is that it is, it wasn't, it wasn't popular in terms of like, you know, released in a movie that much or anything like that. It doesn't have an extreme cast, like a ensemble cast or anything. But what happens is this group that's looking for these scares arrives at this hotel called the Abaddon Hotel. And obviously it has a checkered past, which the leader of the group knows about, but nobody else in the group, it's like five or six of them knows about. And they spend from like August to October creating this haunted house that they're going to use to scare people and earn money. And it's cool because you get the inception of the idea, at least for the Abaddon Hotel, where they're talking about it through found footage. But as it progresses, when they start living in the hotel, they start seeing things. And I know that's an overused phrase in horror, but they start seeing things. And what's nice about the film, for all of you people like me who are who jump easily, is there's not necessarily a lot of jump scares in the beginning. There's a lot of things that have been moved, uh, a mannequin that they set down to as a prop and then all of a sudden like they look later in the evening and it's standing up somewhere else in the building and they think it's weird so they go back <laughs> to sleep and they come and they wake back up like so there's a lot of that they don't get you out of the gate with scares it, that will ju- make you jump in your seat but the climax of the film happens on Halloween night um, and they tell you that from the beginning of the movie. The climax happens when they open it up the first go-ahead to the um, to moviegoers, not moviegoers, um, haunted haunted uh, housegoers, and then everything everything hits the fan. And it's nice because they show that at the beginning of the movie, so they show the footage of somebody in the actual haunted house and it, everything going sour to start the movie. And then they go back, and they kind of show what happened and what the people were seeing. It's 
not a high budget. They did a lot with it. They did a lot with it. It's uh, a lot of unnerving moments, which substitute the saturated jump scares that we get from a lot of horror movies nowadays. Um, I recommend it. Again, it's called Hell House LLC. It's a little bit different because it's about a group of people who are trying to create a haunted house and what the found footage shows of them trying to do so. And you have a fun guessing game, figuring out if somebody dies, if somebody survives, like that whole thing too. Everybody loves that guessing game. Does somebody die? Absolutely. I'll admit that's a cool idea for, I'm not into horror, but I think that's a lot, a lot cooler idea than, you know, curse was set upon a family or blah, 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 as a serial killer creating a haunted house. I actually kind of like that idea. It makes a, it, it, it seems like it's a much different it is. Uh, take on the and that's uh, on the horse yeah. yeah and that's nice because like it's just horror. the same trope all the time <laughs> um and if you're like me and dedicated to horror you still just watch them even the b movies that you know but it's it was really nice to see that fresh take on something and again i believe it's still free i don't think you even have to be a prime member in order to watch it on amazon but it's what it was one of those like throughout the year free on amazon um and then the last one I'm going to okay. mention is Unfriended. I don't know if you gentlemen have seen that either. Yes. Yes. Holy Unfriended. <laughs> so we are we are currently on a speaking on a podcast that is dedicated to technology and such like that. And one of the th- nice things about this particular one, it's another found footage. So just break my knees if you don't like found footage. But the one thing about this particular <laughs> movie that's amazing is it takes place on a computer screen specifically macbooks so all of you apple people out there like myself hurrah for everybody who's not suck it in and just like watch it um but there are a lot of like apple based uh clicks and shortcuts that the person who's actually typing does but it takes place basically on the screen of a computer and it is five friends who are talking on the anniversary of their sixth friend who committed suicide the year prior so they're all aware obviously of that anniversary and they're talking via skype via uh not only texting each other but messaging messaging each other but they're also doing a lot with like looking things up and such in the middle of the film now what gets me about this film is it does not have a soundtrack really Throughout the movie, the person, the woman who is is operating the MacBook plays songs on iTunes at random times to kind of break up the silence of her checking things on her MacBook, but also listening to her friends. But slowly, you guys could probably guess what happens. They start getting haunted because things are not what they seem about the five friends in relation to the person that died. So you start seeing some checkered past. And why would a girl who these are their friends haunt her friends a year after her suicide? I don't know. You'll have to watch the movie. Because it wasn't uh, a suicide. There's a take. <laughs> There's a take right there. I but, don't know. but the thing is, and like, and this is going to the different side of horror movies that I wanted to mention is it does take place specifically through technology. And you're engrossed the whole time because you're watching her utilize her computer and maybe call her boyfriend and then bring her friends in as like a group uh, Skype. And then she'll at the same time be messaging her boyfriend. And when things start getting weird, they start trying to utilize their technology to like call for help and such like that. But it does, you know, but you can imagine what a ghost does to technology based off of how scary movies are. <laughs> I recommend it. 
It's called Unfriended. <laughs> it's only an hour and 20 minutes. Um, I think it's like something like that. But for a movie that lacks a real long soundtrack throughout the movie, you'd be surprised how engrossed you are with what's going on throughout the movie. Um, yeah. I agree. I thought it was really cool. Just something different. See, based on your tone earlier, Craig, I did not think, I thought you were going to be like, yeah. oh, that movie. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> so. No, I liked it. I just, I thought it was, you know, it's a different take on a, a horror type movie using technology. I just thought it was cool. I'm all for different things. And everybody knows I watch mm. a ton of horror movies anyway. So it was right up my alley. All right, guys. So we've gone over th- mostly everything here. So then your probably question is why aren't, why, why haven't they ended the podcast yet? Well, we've got a <laughs> segment this time and much like how last week we did four games that defined a generation for us uh this is going to be kind of the biggest surprise for the generation it's not just for movies or uh, it's not just for games it's for movies as well so i'm just uh i'm gonna just go with mine first just because it uh just because i like it and i want to go first (laughs) there you go uh, I think, Craig, you'll get a kick out of this. I really okay. do think the biggest surprise for me, at least in gaming, was how much I enjoyed the Plague Tale Innocence. <laughs> All uh, right. I, it was it was something for me that Craig recommended that I played. And I and we did talk about it, of course, on previous podcast. But I did not expect to like this game as, as much as I did. I didn't hear a lot about this game. Hence, it was one of the bigger surprises for me this year. Mm-hmm. And with that, I just, I really, really enjoyed uh, that game. And I think in a lot of ways, it was definitely one of my top 10 for this generation for how much I liked it. Some that high is. praise. You, you know what? If it wasn't for you, I would have never played it. So that's why <laughs> I wanted to make sure I said it. Yeah, absolutely. Such a good game. It came out of nowhere. It doesn't overstay its welcome. And it just keeps you like engrossed in it the whole time. And it's so simple. Like there's like minimal combat that you can do, like throwing <laughs> rocks and carrying torches. But it didn't matter. It was it just kept you going the whole time and you wanted to know what happened next. Yeah, the, the game mechanics itself is just different. It's not a first person shooter. It's not a turn-based combat. It's not an R- it's, It has RPG aspects, but it's not an RPG. Um, but Plague Tale Innocence, it, the story itself was really good, and that's what kept me drawn in. So I, I put that one down there nice. for, for myself. All right. Uh, yeah. Go, so biggest surprise, biggest uh, surprise of the generation. I just like as you were talking, Barry. I just thought of one, um, and this is going to sound silly, but. My, one of my biggest surprises of the generation is how much you get into a second playthrough of Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Big surprise. <laughs> okay. Big surprise. Um, to me, Skyrim was one of the only games that I think you can put 200 hours into and then do a second playthrough maybe six months later and still put 80 to 100 on the second and then continue playthroughs. But um witcher 3 i was quite surprised and this is a while ago because i've had witcher 3 i think for the longest time um and i was surprised after beating it and going back through the playthrough how many hours i was willing to put in knowing inevitably what was going to happen in the story you know um and i think that that's a Mm -hmm. that's a nod towards them because they created a game that not only has sustained itself over 
many years, but is still finding ways to traverse each platform and get onto a new gen system or get onto a completely new system. If we're thinking like when the switch came out years ago, um, I'm surprised at kind of like alluding to what I was talking about with Grand, uh, Grand Theft Auto V's longevity with Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. It's it's still got a moderate price on it, um, depending on how you purchase it, if you're doing like a greatest hits or such. And um, the gameplay is fantastic. And the story, obviously. I mean, it spawned a Netflix series, you know, way later than the game yeah. was popular. So... That kind of like trumped, I think I had like a, a particular one in mind, but this one definitely like takes a higher step above what my original, my original uh, um, thought was going to be. Okay. That's an interesting one. So I had like a couple, not necessarily games, but just like things from this past generation that kind of I thought were surprising. Um, so first one that came to my mind was the fiasco around Xbox always connected mm. when they first announced it. Yeah. Um, and just that nonsense that went on with that. Um, that one kind of came out of nowhere. Everybody was left kind of scratching their heads. Like, wait a minute, what does that mean for the pre-owned market? You know, what does that mean if I don't have good internet or I have no internet? Does that mean I can't buy this console? And obviously they backtracked on this very quickly. It also led to that great video that Sony did about sharing games at E3. Mm -hmm. um, that one was, you know, that was crazy and not expected. And it really, if you look at it now, it turned mm -hmm. the tide for Sony this generation coming off of the 360 where Microsoft was kind of the king in the console market. And then this happened and they fell off deeply and they're still trying to get back to where they were. Um, so that was the first one I thought of. Second one, um, a little bit lesser, but still a big deal, was Bungie leaving Activision. Um, they went, you know, to mm -hmm. make, what, Destiny? Um, but kind of leaving the Activision fold, nobody ever thought that would happen. Um, and, you know, for the best there. Um, two others that I have real quick was Keanu yes. Reeves at E3. Right. Like yeah. that was awesome. Um, that came out of nowhere. The you're, you're amazing, amazing. Right. People yes. are still saying that today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and just the fact that he was, you know, he's going to be in cyberpunk has had took the, you know, the excitement that everybody had around that game Definitely. and multiplied it by 10 just by putting Keanu Reeves face in it. Um, he has, you know, skyrocketed in popularity and they got him at the right time and trotted him out on stage. And it was, you know, probably one of the better mm -hmm. E3 moments of all time there. And then the last one I had, which kind of ties into when we were doing our list last week, Barry, is I literally just put Capcom is back, which is weird. I feel like at the end of last generation, Capcom was pretty much dead in the water. Um, they were putting out games, but they weren't good. You had Resident Evil 6, which was not good. Yeah. Um, there's some other games they made that just were not great. And then out of nowhere, we get yes. Resident Evil 7, um, which was insane. And then we get the Resident Evil uh, 2 and 3 remakes, which were incredible. And then we have, you know, the new Resident Evil 8 coming out. And there's some other games. I'm forgetting mm -hmm. Monster Hunter, right? Like, yeah. they just, they were on deathbed 
I feel like. And then they just started smacking it out of the park. And it's a good thing. Like you don't want to see a company like Capcom go away. You always want to see them be able to fix what they're doing and put out good games. And I think they really, really accomplished that this generation and has everybody really excited for next generation. So those are the ones that I had. Yeah. Yeah. More moments for me that I kind Mm -hmm. of wanted to go. I still wanted to go over with is kind of the, the revolution, the revolutionizing of a new game plus mode that wasn't something that came through on like previous generations on the PS3 and Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. But I think in a lot of games now, a new game plus mode, whether it's an RPG or it's a single player game, is something that everybody expects you to have now. And it's not something I really expected out of everything. Because even for me, like new game plus is a really awesome idea and I like it. I just, you usually finish the game and then you don't return to it for mm-hmm. six months. And then yep. you can come back and have your have still all of your progress saved and stuff like that. So I, I really do like the, the kind of normalizing. Sorry. <laughs> Falling asleep. You've gone on too long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the normalizing of a new game plus mode. Yeah, that's I really cool. Think, I definitely think that's, that's fun for there. And I guess my biggest one is how much I actually missed E3 this year. And I get and I get that, you know, E3 really messed up with the leaking of journalists' information and everything like that. But due to due to how COVID was and just pretty much due to everything going on in the world in general, I really missed going to one place for all of my game news, whether it was IGN and it was something that all happened within, you know, a, mm-hmm. a week time period where this year was the first year where, you know, console prices weren't announced till almost, a, you know, a month before they came out. Yep. And, you know, even even now, like I get that Sony and Xbox probably enjoy not having to rent out a huge space or do a huge amphitheater system or anything like that. And they can kind of just make these controlled videos that they know work uh, for new games and stuff. But I just I just missed having everything announced during a week. You know, it was something where, you, I, you know, you'd come home from work or come home from school and you'd be like, OK, let's hop on YouTube or hop on IGN or hop on whatever gaming site and just watch whatever new games were being announced. And then, you know, y'all you all get together with your friends to watch the the announcements uh, that they do when they do the whole. Um, I don't I don't know why I'm blanking on the word right now but kind of the presentations that they do mm. for each of the console makers. And especially like Nintendo, we didn't have like a Nintendo, like um, a Nintendo live event this year. So we were really only given Playhouse and then they kind of just randomly shot out, you know, news about Pikmin 3's coming yes. out or, <laughs> or a, you know, Breath of the Wild Age of Calamity is coming out. So it, you know, I get that, for a lot of people, the spaced out news means there's more excitement around the summertime for the holiday season. But uh, I, I really did miss June and that whole week of E3 more more so yeah. than I thought. Yeah, me too. It's such a bummer. It is something I look forward to every year. So hopefully it comes back. Um, I would really hate for this to be the end of E3. But I think we'll be all right. I think it'll make a comeback. Other than that, that's all I got. Cool. So, I think with that, guys, thank you guys for listening to the to the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast, episode 29. 
if you guys liked it, make sure you continue to listen to every one of our episodes and that you share it with your friends if you liked it. We have some big plans, at least me personally, for this channel and this podcast. And I'm hoping, you know, people who've been listening to it decide to grow with us as well. Yeah. So with that, I want to thank our but- first reoccurring Craig. Uh, for coming out you know i really appreciate you coming out and talking about games it's kind of nice to break up me and uh my co-host craig just talking over each other and arguing about which console's better so it's nice to have somebody in in, in between us so yeah it's been a pleasure i appreciate it especially the uh the return um i appreciate you guys having me on here i have a lot of fun talking to you guys about games and uh, you know hopefully i can get on again and just uh talk about uh which console maybe I think is the best console. I don't know. Ooh. <laughs> Craig's about to have his own episode where he talks about his best. <laughs> so, so with that, guys, uh, we appreciate you again listening. Make sure you follow us on Spotify and really a lot of Apple podcasts and any other podcast places. There is also, we have a Twitch, we have a Twitter, and we have a Facebook. Yep. So uh, make sure to follow us because when those new consoles come out, be sure that you know Craig and I are going to be putting up videos on Instagram or something like that. Mm, unboxings. Yeah, <laughs> unboxing videos, which we're going we're gonna to try to make it not as cringy as possible. But I know for a fact mine's going to be mad cringe. So make yeah. sure you get some white gloves. Oh, and an expensive <laughs> knife. You got yep. it. Yeah, expensive yes. switchblade. Uh, so. With that, you know, something to look forward to, and we will see you guys guys. next time. Later.